Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the All-American Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carr, here bringing you guys an NFL draft preview just hours away from one of the most interesting drafts of all time. Once again, I'm your host, Chris Carr, here bringing you guys another episode of the All-American Sports Podcast. Today, we are previewing the NFL draft, I believe, uh, what is set to be one of the all-time great NFL drafts. And I know a lot of people... I've been saying, well, we don't have, you know, the top tier talent top of the class. And, you know, we don't have the flashy quarterbacks top of the class. I'm just doing top 10 today. We don't even know if a quarterback's going to get picked. Um, who knows at this point? And this is such a unbelievably deep class. While it doesn't have maybe the top end talent that a lot of teams are looking for, unbelievably deep. Um, unbelievably unpredictable. I mean, we have no clue what is going to happen. We are hours away from the NFL draft and still nobody is sure on who the number one pick is. And then from there, it is just going to be a roller coaster ride of a night. I know a lot of you guys are probably like me getting ready for a fun night on your couch, watching this all just happen. And I am, I couldn't be more excited. So I'm going to keep it brief today. I'm only doing the top 10 picks. I know NFL mock drafts are usually my specialty. Uh, I usually, and I was planning to uh, go live with a few of my guys tonight on Instagram, like I have with every year I've run this account. But unfortunately, uh, I couldn't. They couldn't do it tonight, so I have to push that off. Instead, I'm doing the podcast with you guys, which I'm still very, very excited um, to present to you guys. I don't have any of the picks even uh, written down here. I am just going live picks, pick by pick, team by team, uh, throughout the top ten, and obviously. Uh, I'm doing it on the Draft Network, by the way, draftnetwork.com. You can make your own mock drafts on that. Not sponsor or anything, just a great site. Um, and I, you know, I know I'm only doing the top ten, but if you guys have anything, you know, hit me up during the draft. Like I said, I'm gonna be watching it, um, and I love and answering your questions all week. Guys, and message me. Um, and I'm sorry for not doing the full 32, but obviously, if you have a question about your team, I am happy, more than happy to answer it. Um, and more than happy to hear what you guys think. Obviously, I'm going to hopefully bring some of you guys on, you know, get your thoughts after the draft too. Um, not only before the draft, but after the draft for grades, you know, whatnot. Um, but ultimately, I think everyone's just excited to see this thing go down. I am, I'm so happy. So excited, especially today, to, uh, to bring you guys this little preview podcast, mock draft. Um, my version, just the top 10 picks today. No trades or anything. Even though it's likely to happen, but I will, you know, highlight the trade spots um, as we go along. So without further ado, let's get into it. Once again, live picks, so don't have anyone written down yet. But starting off with Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, uh, still no consensus number one pick. It's really, I think, narrowed down, though, to about two guys in the race. Uh, both in the same position on the outside, the edge rushers, Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, you know, it seemed like a lot of people would just go chalk and go in Hutchinson. He was the consensus number one for a while. Maybe you'd mix in a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau even in there, Evan Neal once in a while. But in Hutchinson was the consensus number one. And as we've approached the draft, though, it seems like that has kind of floated away. Not disappeared because a lot of people still have Hutchinson. But as of late, I've seen Walker favored a little bit more. And I think if, you know, the Jags really were set, and I wouldn't even count out a trade here, the possibility of a trade. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is a possibility because I don't think they love either of these guys. I don't think they're totally set on either of these guys. But if I had to take a guess, I, I think if they loved Aiden Hutchinson that much, 
Uh, you know, I know Trayvon Walker blew it up at the Combine, but I think Aiden Hutchinson will still be ahead of him. But all this buzz, all this noise makes me think all the signs are pointing to a Trayvon Walker number one pick. I'm going to go Trayvon Walker to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it makes sense. Uh, there wouldn't be all this noise for nothing. And I seem like as of late, you know, especially with the Combine, he was a great player at Georgia, just long. Seems like he kind of has a higher ceiling, I think, than Aiden Hutchinson. And I think he'll help out a little bit in the run department category uh, more than Aiden Hutchinson. I, I do like Hutchinson. If I had to compare the two, and by the way, this is not what I would do. This is what I think the team is going to do. I would probably go with Aiden Hutchinson. He seems like the more reliable player. And I don't know why you would step away from him at this point. But I think they will go with Trayvon Walker. And I don't hate the pick. Um, and I'm sure the Lions don't either. They are sitting pretty at number two. I think they're going to take whichever guy doesn't go number one here. Uh, I think they go Aiden Hutchinson, local guy in Michigan. Uh, makes sense. You know, I, I really like that fit with him in Detroit. Hard-nosed guy, you know, perfect for the Dan Campbell defense. And they need to affect the quarterback, man. I mean, last year, not only was their defensive play bad as a whole, but really just not getting anyone on the quarterback. That was a problem. Aiden Hutchinson solves that right away. Plug him in on day one, make an immediate impact. And same goes for Trayvon Walker in Jacksonville. Um, but I, I think it's you know a good fit for the Lions there, number two. There's been some buzz about a quarterback possibly going there. But I think that is kind of out the window. I, I like the idea of taking a quarterback late at number 32 because I do think there is going to be you know um, some solid ones still left on the board. I think they have you know at least a, an answer for the next few years with Jared Goff. You don't really have an immediate need there like some of these other teams. Um, so I, I, and I, I think best player available will probably be the best case for the Lions. Um, and I think Ian Hutchinson is that guy at number two. So I like that pick. I think that's what they'll do. Number three is where it really gets interesting. I think the first two, even though they are not surefire, I think if one guy doesn't go, we know who's going to take it second. It's somewhat predictable. Still, like like we said, I don't know who's going to get picked, but more predictable than number three because uh, the Texans, we've heard rumors swirling around. I, you know, I've heard a lot about the Derek Stingley buzz, who I think I wouldn't mind. He's a very high ceiling, just the injuries and the, you know, the concerns a little bit scare me off of him. And the cornerback at number three is unusually high, historically at least. Um, I don't hate the idea, though. I think they definitely need a quarterback, uh, a cornerback rather. Um, but I think the better option is Sauce Gardner, to be honest, for them. But then you have a guy like Ike Kwanu up here, you know, sitting pretty. And I think an offensive tackle wouldn't be the worst route to go. They do have pick number 13, which isn't far away. That's a factor, you know, into consideration. But I think you're looking at it. You're looking at all your options. I don't think any of them are going to be left at 13, especially positionally. I think all the offensive tackle, at least the top tier ones, are going to be gone. And there's kind of a drop off. Same thing with the corners. Really, after you get past Stingley, and Sauce Gardner, huge drop-off, and we might not see another one taken in the first round. Um, I, I think, though, I, I, I heard the news about Stingley. I heard the rumors swirling around. I kind of think it's a little bit of smoke. I, th I think Sauce Gardner is going to be the pick here um, for the Houston Texans. I, just a bold move by me, but I, you know he was so good as a player in college. I think he fits in a Lovey Smith scheme really well. It's tough to trust a guy at Stingley at number three. We kind of saw it with Jeff Akuda a little bit, uh, you know, at the cornerback position. Ahmad Sauce Garner was just so, so good in college. And Stingley, the injuries scare me a little bit. I like his ceiling. I don't trust him, though, at pick number three. I think that's way too high. Wouldn't be surprised if Houston trades down, maybe. Um, I, a little bit surprising, actually. I think there's probably better options um, for a trade down in the top ten. But 
I like the pick here. I don't think they can go wrong between him or Aquanu. I, I kind of, and Aquanu seems like the popular pick here at three, um, which does make sense. But they do have Loremi Tunsil on one side. I think they might move Titus Howard over to the other side to tackle this year. I mean, Aquanu, you move him inside, he would be awesome. But I, I just think it's a boring pick for a team that really needs just I, a, a euthanization. It's not that. You know, it, they just need to play more fast. The cornerback position for them is so bad right now, and their defense as a whole just is not – simply is not good. And you're going in with a defensive head coach like Lovey Smith. I think Ahmad Sauce Gardner, you know, is a lockdown corner on day one. He'll learn to play the right way, and it makes an immediate impact there, number three. Uh, pick number four with the New York Jets is interesting here. you got some options. Um, certainly – Offensive tackle wouldn't be a bad idea. Kayvon Thibodeau is sitting there. and Corner is still a need. I think if Sauce Gardner was left here, you're definitely considering him. I think wide receiver, I, I know it's kind of been popularized, but I think they wait till 10 to get a receiver, let them let it fall into their lap. Um, I think if you're the Jets, I, I think you're probably on offensive offensive tackle here. I just think Ike Aquanu is, is too good to fall any further. Um, especially a team like the New York Giants, you know, you go cross town rival, let them get your guy. It's a little bit tough. And I think the Jets, um, you know, surefire protect Zach Wilson in that offense. You know, if you're not getting a weapon for him right away, definitely go with an offensive tackle like that. Him and Becton will definitely sure up those problems and also establish a pretty good run game. And you can move Aquano inside and outside, um, too. I like that pick. It's a little bit boring because they have gone offensive line a lot recently in the draft. I know. But he is just too good to fall any further. And when you're really shoring up that offensive line, um, it's certainly a good thing. So I like that pick. E.K. Aquanu to the Jets. Although I could see them going and attacking the defensive side of the ball with a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau. Sauce Gardner, definitely, if he was available, I think they'd probably go Gardner over Aquanu. Um, and, you know, even Derek Stingley is a possibility here just with that high ceiling of his. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Pick number five, the Giants are also sitting pretty here with five and seven. They got Carolina squeezed in in the middle of them. Um, but they have a lot of needs, man. And, and today they just declined the option on Daniel Jones, so maybe people think quarterback's possibility. I don't buy it. I think instead you want to protect your quarterback, you'll with an offensive tackle or a weapon, something like that. But I think that's probably a better pick uh, when you're looking at pick number seven. I think pick number five, you're taking the best player available right here, and that man is Kayvon Thibodeau. Immediate impact for a new defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, who really loves to blitz. I think you get a guy like Thibodeau on the edge who can make a difference right away. I think he fell off in this draft, not totally sure why. There is a lot of talent stacked up next to him at the edge spot, but I'm really happy as a Giants fan if I'm getting a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau at five. Um, and, you know, it leaves Carolina really forced to take an offensive tackle or a quarterback, too. So take that off their hands, get and probably whoever's left between Neal and Cross at seven. I think that'd be a smart decision for the Giants. We'll go one offense, one defense guy here and really just, you know, <laughs> just make an impact. I think Kayvon Thibodeau, best player available there. Joe Schoen, their general manager, new general manager, loves to go best player available in the draft. We know that. And, um, I think that'd be a good decision. Um, at six here uh, with the Carolina Panthers, it's an interesting decision, you know, because you, you have the quarterback need there, but and I, I would understand taking a quarterback from Carolina. 
Um, I would understand it. You don't have a pick for uh, day two, and you don't have another round one pick, so it makes sense. Maybe a quarterback. I just think with this year's class, none of these guys are worthy enough to be picked at six. I think they stick with Sam Darnold for another year. Uh, I hate to say it, but I, I think number one priority is setting themselves up at least for like next year or another quarterback to make them be successful. And I think that's attacking the offensive line. I've heard from multiple sources, some guys, you know, they want to attack. That is number one on their list, offensive line. Um, and, you know, you got two great offensive linemen falling in your lap here and Evan Neal and Charles Cross. I think Evan Neal's the better out of the two. And, um, you know, Alabama... You know, three-year starter for Nick Saban, more experience. Cross has been, you know, getting a lot of buzz lately, and I do like him. I think all three tackles at the top of this class are good, but Evan Neal just seems like more of a sure thing at six. Panthers want to play it safe. I get it. Um, and, when you know, when you're going off a tackle, you want experience, want reliability, consistency. I can get more of that in, with Evan Neal than Charles Cross um, out of Mississippi State. And just it seems like the better fit to me. In, uh, in Carolina, he seems like the better tackle, and I wouldn't doubt they, uh, they think that too. So I like Evan Neal there. And then a pick number seven, Charles Cross, a guy who's linked to the Giants for a while, actually falls in right to their lap in pick number seven out of Mississippi State. So he's going to go right there. Um, I think that'd be a solid pick uh, for a team that you know definitely could use an upgrade in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and they do attack it here with Thibodeau and Charles Cross. But, you know, same thing with Carolina. Maybe Daniel Jones isn't their guy, but at least you're setting a quarterback up to be successful. You got Cross now, who I'd assume played right tackle, I guess, with Andrew Thomas, you know, developing on the left side, who actually looked a lot better last year after what looked like a complete swing and a miss uh, two years ago at pick number four. Instead, they go a little bit more budget-friendly here at pick number seven, select another offensive tackle, but I think Charles Cross is a solid player um, who can, you know, develop right away, help establish that run game with Saquon Barkley, but also help with pass protection a lot, and he's a very versatile piece. Uh, number eight with the Falcons, I've been hearing a lot that they want to go edge rusher here. Now, I wouldn't doubt it. I think you got a lot of wide receivers in this class. I think there's obviously a glaring need at wide receiver, but this team needs help everywhere. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't be a bad decision to just kind of go best player available. I've heard they're very high on a lot of the edge rushers. It's kind of a drop-off once you get past those three. But I think Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State would not be a bad pick. But as I'm looking at it, there are some really good wide receivers. And with teams like the Jets behind him, I, I think they would maybe go wide receiver in this situation. I, it's it's tough. I'm going a little bit off script from what I've previously done here, but I think Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State is too good to pass up on here. And number eight, ah, it's tough though. You do you have, you do have Jermaine Johnson there. It's tough, but I'm gonna go off script. I'm gonna go Garrett Wilson. They get themselves a skilled player out of Ohio State. Garrett Wilson's a guy I really like. Um, obviously, you know you don't want going into. Game one with uh with Olamide Zacchaeus and Frank Darby as your wide receiver one and two. It's a it's a little rough. I know you got a guy like Kyle Pitts, um, but you know you want to make a quarterback be successful uh, because I don't think Marcus Mariota is a long term answer. But Arthur Smith, he's used to having weapons in Tennessee. He's used to having a guy like Calvin Ridley, maybe even Julio Jones. But uh, but now I think he finds you know a guy who can probably develop into one of those and Garrett Wilson. I would, I wouldn't, you know, obviously I wouldn't doubt they would take an edge rusher here if they were available. 
Jermaine Johnson just kind of seems like a reach here at number eight. And, you know, when you got a guy like Garrett Wilson, I think they take the opportunity um, and, and, and snag him at number eight. I, I like that pick. Uh, pick number nine with the Seattle Seahawks is an interesting one. And, and by the way, Atlanta and really Carolina, too, at six are both trade down spots. Those are very, very um very popular trade down spots as well as pick number nine here with Seattle. Uh, but Seattle has a lot of needs, man. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe go to a quarterback here. seems a little bit early, but I, I think if you have the opportunity to get a corner like Derek Stingley, it's not a bad option. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough decision though. You know, you got two really good guys. I think Jermaine Johnson, Derek Stingley, um, I, it's tough because I think Pete Carroll, you know, could go either way. But I like Derek Stingley here at number nine um, to the Seattle Seahawks. They're used to having a good secondary. We haven't really seen a corner play there in a while. You're going more upside here. But I think if, if, if you know, you really get the real version of Derek Stingley, that blue chip prospect, you're getting a really, really solid player uh, for Seattle. And I like that. I, seem, I think Jermaine Johnson is a little bit of a reach for me. Um, and number nine, instead they attack the secondary. I like that. I think he's best player available, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Pick number 10 is the uh, New York Jets here. You could see them attack the wide receiver position. Would not be surprised. Um, it, it's really tough here, but I, I think I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson for them at number 10 out of Florida State. I, I think that would make sense. You know, they went in our mock draft at number four and took EK Aquano. Um, so instead, you, get, you know, Robert Sala, his help on the defensive side of the ball, you know, he loves the pressure of the quarterback. He used to having a stacked offensive line uh, back out in San Francisco. Instead, he gets a guy like Jermaine Johnson here, who I really like. Um, and I think that'd be a solid pick. So there's my top 10. I'll go over the list once again. Number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trayvon Walker. Number two, the Detroit Lions get Aiden Hutchinson. Number three, the Houston Texans get Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Number four, the New York Jets take Ike McQuanu. Number five, Kayvon Thibodeau goes to the New York Giants. And number six, the Carolina Panthers take Evan Neal. And number seven, the Giants again, they get Charles Cross. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons, they snag Garrett Wilson. At number nine, the Seahawks like Derek Stingley Jr. And at number 10, New York Jets take Jermaine Johnson. So that is my top 10. That is my mock draft. But once again, feel free not to listen to me. Uh, this is going to be a very unpredictable draft. I think it is a lot of talent, and, you know, very little talent gap, especially in the first round. Anything can happen. I expect to see some wild outcomes, some wild trades. I'm excited. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope you guys enjoy this as much as you enjoy some parts of the draft. Thank you if you made it this far for listening. Let me know your feedback down below in the comments, and uh, and text me about any other draft questions you have prior to that 8 o'clock start guy. Start time, excuse me. Uh, but I'll see you guys on the next episode. It'll likely be a draft grade episode. So uh, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening and peace.